We'll spend the next hour talking to her, learning stuff, and having fun. And I certainly got a smile, not the big <laughs> laugh I got last week from Peter. <laughs> but as we keep experimenting with new music. The klezmer music. Everybody loves klezmer. I'm and not sure what's klezmer about it. I know, but let, let, where's the history of the klezmer music? You know, Let's talk about it for 30 seconds. I have no idea. Well, we, we know it's from Russia. Okay. And it's kind of a blended of the borderline from Russia moving over towards the Polish area. And, you know, what do, what do you, we heard clarinets in there? It's probably a lot of strings and stuff. Strings, right. So, you know, I know there's a great youth klezmer band here in the greater Detroit area. Detroit has one. It's uh, it, it almost goes with the old Yiddish theaters. It's not hanging around no, too much. No, it's not. But I'll tell you, it's, it's great to hear. It's spirited. It keeps you young and feeling. And I know you've been staying young shoveling snow. I've been staying young and shoveling snow, and the children will have to start helping after an amazing snowstorm this week. Well, well, it I just didn't stop. Well, I think you taught your kids how to be coaches. Go, Dad. Go, Dad. Yes, they were. They were in that way. They're very helpful. Um, I mean, it started Friday night. Oh, it, it started Thursday night. Right. So we canceled school. It was going to be dangerous to drive. Correct. Get up in the morning. It was powder. Two, three inches of power. Quick shovel. A few hours later, another couple inches, I shovel again. A few hours later, another couple inches. Now, if you live in my neighborhood, I don't know what your neighborhood is like, they don't plow the streets in my neighborhood. Well, we have a service. We pay as a subdivision. We contract out. and But they don't come right away. They wait till it all seems to drop, and then they plow you in. <laughs> so here, they actually came surprisingly Friday night okay. when we were all cozy at home. Mm-hmm. And then they came again Shabbos morning, Saturday morning. And then my grandchildren who were here were now plowed in because they couldn't get over the hill. Okay. <laughs> which was a good deal, by the right. way. Right. That was good. We it's enjoyed fun. that. That was fun. And then after Shabbos, I told the kids, I said, look, the cars are plowed in. So if you'd like to go anywhere, you're going to have to help. And all of a sudden, help was there. Fantastic. And then my wife says, maybe we should get a snowplow. Well, a snowblower, I understand. Snowblower, snowblower, yeah, right. Walk uh, behind them, do it. Well, I'm still thinking about it. We have it. It's great. You know, I keep figuring maybe in June they're a little cheaper. Who wants a snowblower in June? (laughs) Well, there'll be plenty available, trust me. There'll be plenty available. So talking about plenty of availabilities, I am looking at a fantastic show today. Oh, we have so much stuff. So, what do you want to? What do you want to lead our uh, listenership to today? Well, first and a, viewership, a viewership, listenership. So, we have a lot of ways to go. But I did want to mention last week we were talking that you said you got some Facebook messages. Yes. And you have to start working on being able to answer them during the show. Well, actually, I also had a Facebook message last week, but since I can't give the show and try to figure out my phone at once, I missed it. Okay. So what did he send in? We were talking about Buxer. Remember that uh, carob, that oh, Buxer? Yeah. So I said I didn't the know The one that's the like word. a rock. Yeah, the rock yeah. hard one, which I also found out is also known as St. John's Bread. I didn't know that. There's a reason Neither for that. Neither did I, so yeah. it's okay. It was all, so he sends me a whole message that it's actually a German word. I was close. Okay. It's a German word, and I actually wrote it down. It's Buxhornbaum. Bucks horn bound. Bucks horn bound. So the horn is a horn because it Correct. looks like a horn. Right. Baum is a tree. Right. And buck is like a ram. Correct. Okay. They, we know that. So that's what it was called. So uh, bucks, I guess who has patience to say bucks horn mm. bound, somehow became buxer. 
Well, down in Ohio, we call him a Buckeye. Become a Buckeye. That's only said by fans of Michigan. And as I told you once before, college is not my big thing. And I didn't even know the colors. But I'm learning. Slowly but Well, surely. you know that, just so you know, let's do a quick sports thing here. You know, the Yeshiva team for football yes. could never survive. No. They didn't know how to do a Hail Mary pass. Yeah, <laughs> Hail Mary pass. No, thank you very much. <laughs> that was when I was in high school in Queens. So somebody must have pulled the fire alarm, the... The fire department comes up, and they see a bunch of high school kids, and they ask us about our sports team. Now, we're a bunch of guys that look like me. So we're, we're not standing there. We're not tall enough. We're not fast enough. We're not strong enough. We're not playing football. So I must have said some word. I made up something. We play intramural, I think I said. He laughed in front of us. Like One time we went to the park to play, and we played football with some guys who were there. Yep. Bad idea. Bad idea. They're all bigger and faster, and we made fools of ourselves. Well, but did you have a good time? I always have a good time. That's all that matters. And I was out of breath. So, at New Radio Media today, yes, let's talk about Mishpatim. We're going to tell about Mishpatim. But first, but first, if somebody wants to call in, go right we ahead. are live. So we are at 844 <laughs> I got it. I you sure? got it. I got it right. <laughs> Because I get messages. Or you could send a message to Facebook, which somebody did last week, so it works. That's at Let's Talk Torah. Or you can email us, Let's Talk Torah.com. No apostrophes. Or you can check us out, which you're anyways listening, so you must be on our website. And if you're on our website, it would be a great idea to download the new radio media app. And the, and the name of that, either on Google or Apple, is NRM Streams with a Z. Correct. And now that we got that business out of our way, now we can talk about mishpatim. Very good. Mishpatim means judgments. It's laws. So just to start out, um, Sam Shofal Hirsch gives an interesting explanation. This Torah portion has a slew of laws, one after another, most involved monetary, not all are monetary laws. Most lawyers, can uh, they do well with this Torah portion. But it's almost like notes, quick notes, because we haven't talked about it too much. There's the written law, and there's the oral law. Well, just so that our listeners and uh, viewers understand at New Radio Media on this, is that last week, you know, Moses had defined the judges. Yes. So this is like, first we got the judges or the courts, in a sense, now we can bring the law into the picture. Right now, we're going to have to figure out what they have to start judging, what people can come and discuss. And I owe you money. You're a good watchman. You weren't a good watchman. You damaged. Which damages do I pay for? All that kind of stuff. But really, which you should, by the way, if you would open up a Bible and read the Torah portion of Mishpatim, it's like very terse, very short and sweet, but very few details. Because? Because the details are the oral law. First of all, as I once heard someone say, it's easy to carry around a Bible. It's not very big. <laughs> Even if it's in English, it's not that big. You can carry it around if you'd like to. But if we had to put in all the oral law, I mean, it fills bookcases. Well, now you got the encyclopedia. You, so even, I, mean, I, mean, you now, I get to the first 26 books. Yeah, you can look it up on your phone and stuff. That All that you could do nowadays. But to have to carry that around is certainly not practical. So this, this, if Samshul Fal Hirsch explained, if you went to a lecture, you've gone to college, you've gone to high school, you've 
you, you, you're listening to lectures, you're going to classes, and you might take some notes. And the notes remind you of everything the professor said. Correct. Like even here, as Peter has taught me, I have a few pages of notes, unlike the old 12 to 14 pages I started out with. We're down to one or two. And even Peter has a copy. These are my notes. Right. So the notes remind me. But if an outsider were to read my notes, it looks nice, but it doesn't make very much sense. But it, no it does in a sense. Remember when we were all growing up, you know, you had cliff notes. If you remember in school, at least in college, you could get the cliff notes of a book. Which right. was a synopsis in a sense, and our humor was if they didn't understand that, we told them to buy the classic comics, so at least they could understand it by pictures. Ah, well, actually, now the Cliff Notes really the way they should work, but right. they don't because I know this. <laughs> yes, as an instructor, and if my great mother teacher. is listening, I may get in trouble. But if you didn't have patience, Ashley, of course, you never did this. But if you didn't have patience <laughs> to read the book, you just read the Cliff Notes. And I knew a lot of people like that. And Tony is also laughing, so clearly. <laughs> look, look, I think we got to ask him real quick. <laughs> yes, Ashley. You also could just watch the movie in our day. Oh, well, now you can just oh, watch the movie. Right, right, right. right. All right. But I would have teachers that would actually you know, write out a line and say, who is talking and what were they talking about? Right. And we would complain that wasn't in the cliff notes. That's correct. And in the movie, you could forget about it. <laughs> That's very true. But uh, as an interesting, once we get to our judgments, mm -hmm. the, um, the, interesting enough, the first law that is brought down is actually about a Jewish slave. There's a Jewish slave, or, or we'll talk about if a girl becomes a slave. That's really, which is interesting if you think about it, because you're getting your judges ready. You want to talk about the laws. You want to tell me about stealing. You want to tell me about Adul damages. Adultery, etc. Well, even adultery is barely in this Torah portion. Okay. We're, we're really going to focus, for the most part, I'm monetarily. Tough. Okay. Lending, borrowing, uh, interest. It's, it's pretty tough in the middle of the desert. You know, the banks were all closed. Matter of fact, I'm not even sure the banks were open yet. Well, actually, the banks <laughs> they didn't have, but they did have. The barter system. They did have, well, they had gold and silver, so that, was, that might was have been better. Um, my class always asks me, you're in the middle of a desert. <laughs> right. So if you need something, how do you get it? The ATM. The ATM. The ATM. So, <laughs> well, they left Egypt, we talked about all that money. So, but if you needed something in the desert, exactly, you're not going to a store. Right. So um, the commentaries say, but you can almost figure it out yourself. If you know that there's three million people camped in the middle of the desert, and they got a cloud around them, great. And you're a businessman, so you're hitching up the wagon. Whatever, I don't care what you want to sell. Water, grain, um, pots and pans. Pots and pans. The, the games, shiny, the old the shiny days. Toilet. You just go out and say, I got stuff. Mm -hmm. People are going to come out. They're going to barter, buy and sell. There were always traveling salesmen that would hang out. I don't know if they were insurance salesmen, Ooh. but they were traveling salesmen all the time around the camp. So they had options to get stuff. That's for sure. Okay. Okay, so now let's – but the first law that last week's Torah portion talks about is if you buy a Jewish slave. So I'm getting an interesting face. Have you I ever am. heard about the I Jewish mean, slave? I mean, I'm leaving slavery. Right. I'm in the desert for the purposes of freedom. Right. And the first law pops up about slavery. Right. Interesting. Which may be, by the way, the reason. In other words, you were slaves. Yes. You know what it's like to be a slave. Correct. So if you're going to own 
a Jewish slave, which we're going to talk about. Yeah, I want to talk about okay. this subject because it's... Yeah, I see this one. Yeah, this one's little, really... This, this was not on the regular reading. And this was not in the movie. And this was not in the movie. <laughs> not in the movie. That's why I think uh. it's a good topic. Yeah, so very good. So first of all, first things first, that we were slaves. We know what it's like to be slaves. Um, so if you're going to have a Jewish slave, you're going to have to know how to treat that person, how he has to be treated, which we're going to get to in more detail. But the focus is going to be that the first law we're going to talk about is how do we deal with somebody who's a Jewish slave, okay. not owned by a Jew. You could have a, a what was called a Kanani. Mm-hmm. That was one of the nations around. That You could have a Kanani slave. That was a non-Jewish slave. Or you could have a Jewish slave. So let's go. We're going to take this real slow because we have a lot to teach, I see. So first of all, we're all free in the desert. Exactly right. how did you get your hands on a Jewish slave? Well, the only way I would see it is if I'm not paying somebody to do my labor. Maybe he's doing you a favor. But maybe it's against their will that they're doing this for me. So you mean I beat him up and I... No, uh... no. Um, but I promised something and I didn't deliver on it purposely. So really, and we're going to talk about that, I think, if we get there. You owe me money. Yes. So if you can't, it's like, you know, you went to the restaurant and you had a great meal. And you walked. And you said, oops, I I forgot my credit card at home. And they said, no problem. We got dishes in the back. Right. So if if you damage me, if you owe me money, so work it off. You're not a slave. Well, okay. You got to come up with a way. But I'm I'm struggling just the whole concept still of being a slave. I want you to struggle with it. Especially because, like I said, and especially when we come up to Passover and share that with our our, you know, our audience later on, uh, we were slaves in the land of Egypt. Yes. Were as a past tense. So when I'm in the desert, I'm supposed to be free. Right. Okay, so let's to help you a little bit because there's a lot of nuances and pieces. Um, generally, the rule is, and we're going to see how this happens, but generally for a Jew to become a slave of another Jew, there's a, there's a max. There's a limit, and the limit is six years. To follow the six working days of, of a all week. All with the number six and seven, which will come up later. Okay. Uh, with our word of the week and number of the week You're and right. letter of the week. So you could be a slave for six years. However, there was a way that you could decide you wanted to hang around longer, and that would take you to the Jubilee year. So you're talking, it, it was possible another uh, 43 years and change maybe. However, that's a hell of a jubilee. Oh, yeah. Mm. It will be when you leave. Mm. And we have to know why the person wants to stay. Right. But if the Jewish slave wants to stay with his master, we actually pierce his ear. I can't describe. I'm wearing these headphones. Well, I understand. But you pierce the ear into a door. And the reason for that is that this ear, the ear that heard, that God said, I'm taking you out of Egypt. You're not supposed to be slaves to people. You're supposed to be free. You're supposed to serve me. And you still want to be a slave? We talked about Shema last week. Right. You're not really paying attention. Correct. And this is not what the Torah, not what God wants from you. You're supposed to be free. That's the way we're supposed to be. People are supposed to be free to serve God properly. This person has a problem. But, <laughs> you could say that. Yeah, yeah. But first <laughs> things first, this is not the ideal. And we're definitely going to be talking about somebody who is not uh, higher up in the uh, social uh, so rung go- of things. are we going to say that we're penalizing those from a poverty level 
or from a less from a challenged level? Oh, so we're going to talk about this, perhaps. So here it goes. This slave, what happens is, and he has no money. We're, right. we're clearly talking about a person with no, with no money, no bank account, no credit cards. Wouldn't help you anyways. <laughs> um, and he has stolen something. Oh, okay. And he does not have the means to pay it back. So if the value of what he stole is six years of him being a slave, then he can be sold as a slave to pay back what he stole. So that's the penalty. So it is a penalty. And yes, to a certain extent, it's a penalty for being poor. Because well, if I stole so something- So it's, it's a dual thing here. It's a penalty to be poor. It's, a pen, it's their definition of incarceration. Oh, and this is what I wanted to stay away from. Uh, he's not locked up. No, he's not. He's not locked up. There's no ankle bracelets. There's nothing right. like that. But it's the mental incarceration. Yes. The branding of slave. And that's the cl- that's the penalty clause. But it's it's the idea is a little different. In other words, if you look at our jail systems, and actually I keep getting on my Facebook, there's, uh, I don't know who it is, somebody, a lady, Amy, she's running for a judge, and she's okay. very anti all the people going to jail for drugs, whatever. She, right. That's fine. Our system, if you think about it, when most of the people we're putting in jail are because we want to be protected from these people walking around the streets. Right, and here we're going to put them into... Our populace, our population. Right. They follow the po- they're in the population mold, except in a hypothetical term, they're branded. Yes, but they're in a. Hopefully, the goal is they're in a good, solid family situation. Well, rehabilitation family. It is rehabilitation. Rehabilitation, family. and it says if the guy who stole is married, so when the when the new master buys the slave... He gets the package. He gets the package deal. The wife and the kids come, and she doesn't work. She gets her food, her clothing. I can't tell you the level of food and clothing. Whatever. But she's going to be taken care of while her husband is working off... The penalty. The penalty. Okay, got that. Okay. So far, so good. So far, so good. You, you, you threw me on a... Well, you're, you're throwing me a little bit when we say the Jubilee... When we got to go out forty some years, right? So what happens is that again, the you're sold for six years. Got that down. Put the ear on the door. Now the slave decides I want to stay longer. That's, he doesn't owe any more money. He's he has paid no idea, up. But he He's likes his. He found a comfort zone. He's got a comfort zone. He's got a comfort zone, which is not the comfort zone we want you to have. That's why the ear, because he's not listening. You're not listening. We don't. I mean, there's what to be said, especially people in business, people that go out and they hustle and they and they work and they create, which we're going to talk about later when it comes to business. Right. But this person says, "I got it easy. I'm being fed. My family's taken care of. I got a roof over my head. Why exactly should I go work?" And that that attitude is not a good attitude, but unfortunately, that's the situation this person is in. But it's, I mean, even though he's branded, like you said before, no, I Peter, said. He, everyone says you're a slave. He clearly does not care. Now, there's actually another kind of slave. Okay. This is a little different. I've only been talking about a man, a male. Correct. A girl who were to steal would not have this penalty. For numerous reasons. Well, wait, wait, wait. The female gets no penalty stroke. Not on this one. And we're going to see why. We're going to take it real slow and explain for everybody. Because she could be, well. Well, let's take it slow. Let's see. We're going to back up. Again, talking about poverty, um, lower rungs of society. You have a family that, again, can't put food on the table. No food stamps in those days. 
doesn't have a, a way to support his family, and he has a daughter under 12 years of age. Because the rule is a girl that's over 12 is automatically free. She cannot be a slave. Probably because we're afraid of abuses. Okay. So under 12, she can be sold. What's interesting is she didn't do anything wrong. No. Her family can't take care of her. And the father will get some money, but that's really not what's important. The actual intention is that the father has a girl he can't take care of. Right. He says, let me find a family to take my little girl on with the, um, I want to say, hope or intention that the owner or the owner's son will marry her. So I have now— So I can't use the word uh, adoption. No, adopt, because you can't marry then. That takes out the marriage right, side we, we, of the right, coin. Right. She's not being adopted. Right. She is a slave. I don't know how much a 9-year-old or 10-year-old girl is going to actually do for you. But again, we're taking this person who's having Out of one environment. Out of one environment. And putting her in a much better environment. Right. And then hopefully she'll, she'll mature. And the owner will say, nice girl. I can uh, have another wife. Anyways, they had more than one wife in those days. Or, her, or his son. And the term is actually very, very clear. That any rules that we'll call regular, for lack of a better term, any rule that a regular wife has, any requirements that a husband has to to a a wife that he just married. It will trickle down. Same, no trickle down. Same exact rules for this girl who is a slave who became his wife. Okay. She's not a slave wife. Now, she's a wife. She has all the same rules and regulations. You got to feed her, you got to clothe her, you got to take care of her. It's just just that until she got to the age of 12, she could become a property piece. Right. And she can and he can marry her up till that age of twelve. When she's twelve, she goes home. It's all over. No, wait, wait, wait. I've just moved my daughter hypothetically right. to the new house. And I received a stipend for that move. Yes. So far so good. So far so okay. good. Okay. So now she's in let's call it house A. House A. At house A, she's nine years old. At the age of twelve. Does she have freedom to leave? Yes. If the master or the master's son don't marry her, she's free to go. And she can't, not only is she free to go, she can't stay. Oh, she cannot stay. She cannot stay. She can't ask to stay longer. Is it because we're afraid she'll be abused? So here it comes, since we started this originally as a law, is this a written or oral? Both. I mean, all this that I'm telling you, some people did not read last week's Torah portion. But if you open the book, this is the first set of laws in last week's Torah portion. Well, I just Very want to make clear. sure we're covering, you know, we're, we're covering the sleigh. But I just, you know, when we when we get down to children versus adult, I just kind of wondered if the children was an oral piece. Nope. Now, the age is not as clear there. But oh, okay. Yes. So this is where we go to. You need some oral stuff or some of the laws. Right. Now, let's let's now. Okay, now that we have a picture of how this situation happened, okay. now the next set of laws are really more oral-based. For example, um, you have to treat the slave pretty much as if he's a family member. Got that. In other words, if the family is having pizza for supper... So does the slave. So does the slave. So and not, if you're having steak, so, steak. So that's the quality of life factor. And if we all sleep on one pillow, then the slave sleeps on one. I happen to like two pillows. So I have two pillows... Everybody gets two pillows. I like a lot of pillows. Well, that's okay. We'll get into your personal life later. (laughs) But you know what I want to do right now? What would you like to do right now? I would like to take a 
a little break and let remind everybody that this is New Radio Media. Yes. Show them your famous mug. Oh, everybody, if you haven't seen the mug yet, here's the mug. Let's talk Torah. Let's talk Torah and uh, my picture's on this the, mug. There it is. There, that's exactly uh, me. Is that a younger photo of you? A little bit. A couple months. A couple months. A couple months. Oh, younger. okay. Have I, have I aged? Um, not really. Okay. You know, the nice thing about doing this with the boys on the other side, yeah, they can make you look as young as you want. Yes, they can make you look <laughs> as old as they want also. But, you know, price. we should share with everybody who's sharing time with us in the studio. Well, we have Ashley here on the board. Ash, how are you today? I am much better than I was yesterday. She moved. She moved. I did. In the great snowstorm. In the great snowstorm. Not something that I would have wanted, but we Me do neither. what we have to do. <laughs> but now you're in. Uh, about 80%. Okay, But all the good. big furniture and stuff, yeah. Great. So when we finish here, you can finish uh, unloading. I'm, I'm going over to the old house to paint. I have to paint over the walls that I painted. So. Wait a minute. When you leave, you have to paint the walls? To put it back in uh, its original condition. Or they'll take money out of my security deposit, and I happen to like cash. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but somehow they always manage to keep yeah. The money from the... Uh, they try anyway. <laughs> they certainly they try. They do try I'm anyway. I'm doing the best I can to make sure they keep as little as possible. You know, I think we're going to have to have a lawyer show on New Radio Media just to help her out. I think so. <laughs> do we have one of those yet? I'm going to have to talk to Paul Benzman to find out. Uh, put him on biz. Talking, <laughs> so, biz. talking biz. We'll find out. And let's go behind the glass. And we have Tony behind us, or in front of us. Tony is waving. Hey, how's it going? Good. Tony, uh, did you move this weekend? I did not. Did you move any snow? Uh, I did. I uh, moved quite a bit of snow. Good. You're Some invited to my house. There you go. I'm sticking my car. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to Drew. Can Drew hear us? I don't even see him. Is he there? Is he alive and well? He's is, manning is, my phone. He's trying to get that mic up. I know he's trying. I hear something there. We hear you, Drew. Are you there and alive? Well, Drew, Drew's waving to us anyway. Well, and, and he did not move as far as he said, did not move. He we'll moved assume, from behind one glass to another. And we'll assume he shoveled for somebody. He's <laughs> and he's waving, waving to us. Okay. He's waving. He must be fine. So, you know, with the second half of the show here, I mean, we're just flying by. Flying. Flying I, by. I barely I'm, got through like the first line. Well, we we better talk about a couple of things real quick. We've got a. We, we talked about you know the 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 slave, a child under twelve. Right. But what about a convert or a widow? Uh, orphan. I mean, two parents go, and there's a child. It's what, so interesting. What, I mean, so and in, in the set of laws, and will it'll help us wrap everything all up in a nice little bow, because we we have to remember our original question. Our question is that this is a very nice law. Just why is it the first one when you're trying to tell my lawyers and my judges how to deal with monetary issues, and the first thing you talk about is slaves? Because you talk about history not repeating itself. Interesting, but I'm going to have a different answer. Of course. Why would I have the right answer? <laughs> well. it, it could happen, but I tried to you know, work it out. <laughs> Anyways, um, another interesting law, which is not so much monetary-based, is the Torah warns us numerous times that you have to treat the convert nicely, properly. Somebody moves new to the neighborhood. Um, I tell people all the time, I've said this story numerous times, you see somebody, you look at the person's face, you're supposed to say, how hello. are you? Oh, hello. Is everything okay? And sometimes they'll actually answer you, and and, and that in itself is, is shocking. A, 
Very they, shocking. Did they answer you? Or yeah, that's the answer. Or they're shocked that you actually care. Like some people say, how are you? And as soon as you start to explain how you are, no, I, I didn't really mean I don't want the medical you? report. I just wanted to know if you. I, I just wanted to say hello, and that's how I say hello. But uh, So the convert is somebody you have to understand. The person was not Jewish, moves to Israel. You're at a, in a, in a farmer-type society. He's not going to have land, so he's going to move to a country of Israel He's going to have a harder time finding a job. He's certainly not on the same social status. Right. There's a big adjustment. As everybody else. So the Torah says, and God says clearly, numerous times, by the way, that uh, you have to treat him properly, nicely, because God says, because if you don't, I'm going to take care of it. And the same goes for the widow and the orphan. Now, it happens to be that when the Torah says orphan, it means no father. It doesn't mean no mother. And the reason is, um, and that's why it goes together, widow and orphan, right. because generally speaking, when a person has trouble, a lady, a wife has trouble or a, or a child has trouble, they're going to go to their husband first, to the father first. This guy beat me up, go beat him up. Or, <laughs> I have a problem, take care of me. It is, that's, I don't want to say nowadays, no. maybe. Nowadays people don't like that kind of uh, thought process. But the Torah says it was... Normal, expected, and probably the way it should be that the father is taking care of his wife and children. If there's no father to take care of the wife and children, so again, they're probably not going to have too much money. It's possible. Correct. The likelihood is that, uh, I mean, who's running the farm now? Who's running the business? So under whose roof do they go? She may have a roof, but they're probably going to be poor. And again, God says, if you don't take care of them, if you're going to be mean to them, I'm going to take care of it. I once heard an interesting thought. I love the way it. you keep using that term. God said, I will take care of it. Yeah, because And I can bet you that our listeners are all trying to figure out what is the definition of I will take care of it. Yeah, I don't know if you want to know what it means, <laughs> I will take care of it. Well, you know, but I, I you think I would like to know. You would like to know. I would like to know the definition. So definition means like this. Um, when a child goes to a parent to say, I have a difficulty, can you help me out? And you can pick the gamut, problem in school, problem with friends, problems with money. So who's the person you rely on? So you rely on the parent to dig me out of my hole. And I guess the wife being taken care of is the same thing. She relies on her husband. Therefore, really God takes care of everybody. The only difference is that most of the time when I have a problem, I'm either... I can take care of myself. Uh, a person can go to their father. So God says, okay, you think you have someone else to take care of you, so go to them. See what they can do for you. But the convert has no parent to take care of them. Right. The widow has no husband to take care of her. The orphan has no father to take care of him. So who are they going to cry to? They're going to cry to God. So God says, oh, you're coming to me? Tell me what you need, and I'll take care of it. And that's what it means God will take care. So you don't want to be the person oppressing that child because instead of, you know, the big brother who's walking over to take care of things, it's uh, <laughs> God's walking over and tapping you on the shoulder and saying, are you sure you want to be doing this? Okay. All right. So I think on Shabbos, somebody told me an interesting story. There was a terrible time in Russia, the time of the Cantunists. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with the word. What happened was they would have, yeah, the 1800s. Yeah. They, would, they would force towns 
to give children to the army at young ages, 8, 9, 10. The child would be in the army 25, 30 years, and you can only imagine what he looks like. Part of the purpose was to Blend to, yeah, to break them from what they were. So they would go to a town, and they would say, um, we need, your town is so big, three children. You find us the children. Now, who do you think? The orphan. Who, yeah, who do the you orphans think? are the first to line up. The orphans are the first ones because there's no one to take care of them. Right. So the story we were talking about on Chavez was where the rabbi had a town, and it was unusual because a lot of times even the he rabbi He stood up had, on behalf of the orphans. He stood up, and he, and he basically cursed out all these guys, and he said, uh, you pretend to be such an outstanding citizen, and you don't care about this orphan. Did you notice the verse in this week's Torah portion? And they actually ransomed the child back. So that was one of the better stories. But usually those stories did not end uh, so happily. Way. Yeah. Okay, so— We've covered, you know, a couple of different things here on the slave side of it, and then we get into the next level of it with the convert, the widow, the orphan. So, uh, you know, and you said earlier we still have to deal with the thief. Deal with the thief? The robber thief, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, they've stolen from somebody. They stole from somebody, which is why that person became a slave in the first place. Right. But I did want to, before we get too far ahead, I want to answer our original question. Okay. The question is, why is this what the Torah is concerned with at the beginning of the Torah portion? And I think really my story just answered it. And that is the Torah is telling me, here's the laws you got to start working on. And I want you to know that you better be careful with the people on the lowest rungs of society. You're poor, you're uh, people that their, their luck has run out. Those people you must take care of. This is not, we're going to take, and we're going to talk about judges. I mean, this right. is what the judge is supposed to be doing. These people are coming your way. So you better make sure that, that that class of society is taken care of, which is, in a way, a fascinating way to open up a law book. It, it, it is. And the other thing that you look at down the road in society in general when you erode what we would say middle class and you drop them down a realm or two, they're the ones that want the uprising and they say, I can't take it anymore. Right. You have robbed me of my right of dignity. You have robbed me of my right to feed my family. And the more you challenge me, I'm going to challenge you in ways that may not be of best interest to anybody. And that leads in, it's almost like the whole Torah portion leads into this concept of, of taking care of society and working on everyone in society. So you want to talk about thieves, robbers. There's really two types of... of... I thought it was a share song, actually, but that's okay. Yes, I got to tell you. <laughs> I not, know. Not, not, <laughs> I play Klezmer music. Maybe you'll play to Klezmer because he doesn't know the top 40. Yeah, no, for Even sure. though she's from beautiful Gross Point, Michigan. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, even that's that all right. won't help her. <laughs> I'm very a boy sorry. From, a boy raised in Brooklyn, ladies and gentlemen. What can we tell you? Yeah, not much about share, but okay, fine. Yeah, or okay. any other yeah, name. Name, name, by the way, you would have picked. But, well, I'll uh, come up with a name. You will know somebody from Detroit sooner or later. Sooner or later, we'll know the names. Maybe if they're on a different uh, I'll have to find out what channel. the rock and roll rabbi band was, you know? The rock and roll rabbi band. We'll have to figure one out. We're going to find we're gonna one. Create, we'll we're have to create one. one. I, we're going to do something. So there's two types of robbers. you got an armed robber, somebody who's bold publicly. And then you actually have a, a thief. He'll sneak into your house in the middle of the night or maybe when you're in the middle of a big football game or something, he'll break into your house. Did you say football? I said football. Yeah, My God, a sports! I cannot believe sports. you used a sports item. I know because actually, I was, I was, I was reading oh the news. Oh my gosh! 
<laughs> I was reading in the news last week that one of the players from from the Patriots. Yes. I mean, I would have done the same but thing, right? I mean, if you want to know when no one's going to be home, if if he's playing in the game, you got no a place to go. Yeah, I don't know what they took from him. And that would then become the thief. That'd be a thief. That'd be a thief. Now, interesting enough, the rule of a thief is if we catch him, or when we catch him, when he has to actually pay double. And if I'm an armed robber, if I just do it blatantly in public, I have to return what I stole. But if I stole where no one's watching, I'm hiding, I actually pay double. Now, Mm. interesting to take that a step further, if you were to steal sheep, and those days, sheep and cattle, you know, right. read all the books. And the, the rustlers. The Wild West. And uh, if you stole cattle, I believe they killed you. Cattle uh, thieves was, were killed. That was They were hung. They were actually hung on big trees. They were hung. That was considered a pretty big crime. Pretty tough to do in the desert. Pretty tough. So sheep actually you pay four times as much. And cows you pay five times as much. Hmm. So the reason behind this is we're talking about society. So the Torah here is telling the Jewish people and the world at large how to create a society. So the rule is like this. The more I need to trust you, the higher the the fine, the penalty is if I can't trust you. In other words, most people are not walking around. um, Thinking about stealing. people up. Okay, forget it nowadays. (laughs) But... But at least then, most people are walking around <laughs> sticking people on the street and say, "I was, I, you know, I was mugged. I was mugged. I was, I was, I had a big suitcase. I'm on my way to school. I'm in Manhattan. So a guy jumps out at me. I'm a little kid. Yep. And he says, "You got a dime?" I said, "All you want is a dime. <laughs> Have a quarter." So um, he gave you back fifteen, right? He didn't give me back my change. But um, anyways, so the it was the easiest to take care of cattle. Those roam. Correct. The, on the range, whatever, something, however that song goes. The, so the cattle roam, that's easy to steal. Sheep are in a corral, but they're still outside. So you pay four times more. A thief at night, I'm sneaking in. So for society to run the way society is supposed to run, we have to penalize people. We're not killing them. No. But we have to penalize them to that they understand this is the punishment. You won't do it. And society can run. And that, by the way, reminds me of trending news. Very important. I gave everyone happy with my trending news. This one, I had to laugh at. I, I joke with my wife. Is she, this a holiday joke? This is a holiday joke. But or it's a holiday not, story. A holiday story. But holiday it's, story. It's not really a holiday story. It's, it's During the holiday time? No, it's, it happened last week. Oh. See, you, you only have part of my notes. You don't have the whole picture. Well, you know, if I... <laughs> Okay. Okay. Let's, let's talk about Costco. Let's, talk about, let's Costco. talk about Costco. So there was a story last week. Okay, Ashley, I don't know if you saw this. Um, a lady dragged into Costco a dead Christmas tree. So we are February 11th. Yep. So we're about seven weeks. By the way, my son's birthday today. Happy birthday. 37 years young. 37. Happy birthday. What's that son's name? Is that legal to? Matthew Stephen Perlman. Matthew, happy birthday. We sing happy birthday. Well, we could. Happy birthday, birthday to you. And, and back to the tree story. And back to the tree story. So this lady drags in a dead Christmas tree. And she goes up to the counter and she says, it's dead. I would like to return it. And when was it last alive? Probably a couple weeks ago, she waited until it died. So if you can imagine, Casco has a great policy, and I'm not sure if they're an advertiser yet, but they have a great policy. They take returns, assuming assuming that most people 
you know, one time I was in Trader Joe's, and I, I'm a very big coffee guy like you. Yep. And there was a holiday coffee, and they were trying to sell it. And I said, I don't know if I'm going to like it. So they said, because I loved all the coffees. Mm-hmm. This one, I think, had spices. So they said, really, our rule is if you don't like it, you can bring it back. I said, fine. I bought it. I tried it. I hated it. <laughs> and it was like the first I didn't return an empty can of coffee and say. I didn't like it at all. And yet it's all gone. It's, it's empty. I don't like it. All right. So it's eight spoonfuls gone. So I tried it. You told me to try it. I didn't like it. You have a return policy. But, but when we're talking about running society and people have to understand what it takes for business or society to run, if you're allowed to return a Christmas tree seven weeks later and claim it died, I think we have a problem. But they took it back because I guess that's their policy. policy. Which, of course, reminded me, I read another article about it this week, L.L. Bean, you ever? Oh, they changed their shipping hole. They, they, yeah. Oh, now you got to prove you purchased it or show the gift card on a return. Uh, so that I didn't see, but the new rule for L.L. Bean is one year. One year. But you must show proof of purchase or show proof of gift. Oh, interesting. So that part I missed. Yeah, I just I was, cared about the year. Uh, my my dear wife made sure I saw that portion. Ah, to keep the receipt. Versus the one year. You need the receipt. They did say, to be fair, if you can show it's a defect in manufacturing, they'll take it back years later. But Eddie Bauer's done that for years, too. I mean, Eddie Bauer was like one of the first to come out and say, because we used to buy backpacks all the time, like 25 years ago. Right. And, you know, 15 years later, the zipper broke or whatever, they would take it back. I've done that with my- And, and it's uh, like amazing. That will be in a different- uh, Land's End. Land- my coats, the zippers break after a bunch of years, and, and they're very good about it. Yeah. But if you use it and you wear it out- so it's time to one, which, by the way, reminds me of one more story. One more. One more story. I okay. saw this weekend trending. And this, one, and this one, I just came back from Houston on. I just came back from Houston and Austin. Just back from Houston. Ba- I left on a Tuesday, and I was back Wednesday night. Amazing. A person who loves to travel. And I like to stay in my 10-mile area. Cocoon neighborhood. That's right. <laughs> so, and I'm sure Ashley didn't see this, even though it was trending in videos, so you should have seen it. <laughs> but there was a family in Houston that were driving up. You can only imagine this story. They were driving <laughs> up to their vacation home. You didn't hear the story. Nope. Essie doesn't hear any of my stories. All, I know. All the important news that she needs to know. Is in this room. Is, is, I'm giving you. It's in this room As right Anyone here. who needs to know, you don't need to know the politics. You don't need to worry about the stock market. Not important. My stories are what's important. Bubba Meisters. Some could be Bubba Meisters, <laughs> but this one is good. This is a good story. So they drive up to the vacation home, and the vacation home has been stolen. Somebody picked up the house. Maybe it was a trailer. I don't know. Maybe it's a tiny house. So can you imagine calling up the police? I'd like to report a robbery. Okay, what's your address? Well, this is my address. Okay, so what was stolen? My house. Could you repeat that for us, please? Yes, my, my house um, is not here. So can you go find my house? Like, did you notice down these country roads that somebody uh, was driving my house? If they did notice, they didn't notice. Now, that one there probably wouldn't be a big penalty for because I don't think society is busy running around, I hope, um, stealing houses. Well, it's not so practical. No, it's not practical. I guess what we look at are what we call today the campers. You know, you go to General RV or around yeah, here. Right. You know, you put the hitch on your car and goodbye. It's gone. Yes, I, that wasn't the story. Uh, this, this, this house this is was, a real one. This was a real house in the ground. Picked it up, rolled it down somewhere. Ashley doesn't appreciate she's it. Not somebody even, stole, somebody stole, she's she's just trying it. to get into her new house, not even worry about 
Other imagine, than painting the old house. Can you imagine if you're going to go to your new apartment and the building is gone? Can someone see <laughs> the building? I, mean, come I know. I live here. These are important things to worry about. That's why I give you all the important news that everybody else seemingly forgets about. All right. You know, all right. So you've given us two different scenarios. You've given us the return of a Christmas tree six weeks later. Right. Then couple number two, shall we say, goes to the wonderful vacation home, which no longer is available. Okay. Okay. Now, the courts come into play. Hypothetically, here come the courts. Right. So hypothetically, there's no concept in the Torah of returning stuff. Well, yeah, they didn't have much to return. <laughs> there's no, you know, it's there are, if you're, a person was overcharged, for right. example, then on an overcharge, when you discover the overcharge, you have a right to say it didn't want it. But generally speaking, when you buy something, you bought it. Now, a store wants to make rules and regulations to bring people in. You can make any conditions you want. And if the condition is you can return it whenever you want, mm-hmm. I'm sure this would be a fascinating court case where the person says, his condition is I can return it. Yay. And he says, uh, the owner says, yeah, but he's not returning me the tree I gave him. He's returning me a dead tree. While the house, on the other hand, I'm sure that one we're going to have you pay for. I would think so. That one, that is going to cost you nothing to talk about. Next time, she better buy an artificial. Tree. Yes. Right, because why, it's not going to die. it's never dead. It's not going to die. You may not like it. You want to get rid of it, but that's going to work. Okay, moving yeah. along. So you got the cards. You got social laws. Social you know, laws. How do we courts. treat the misfortunate? You know, all the things we started off at the beginning of the show with are now coming to fruition. The court's open. Here we are. And here I go. Now, after, again, interesting to think about, almost to, I guess, to juxtapose it. That's a good word. That's a heck of a word. I'm not sure what it means, but it's a Could great word. Could you spell word. it? Um, yeah. Now she, <laughs> <laughs> she raised her hand for that one. Good. Hey. It's got an X in it. That's yeah, okay. I love We're it. Good. I love it. There we go. At least <laughs> my spelling has got a J in it and an X in it. I, I love it. We're good. There you go. Okay, so the courts themselves, by the way, um, are not allowed to differentiate. Now, when the two people come into court, the two litigants, if you like to call them, mm-hmm. they have to be treated the same. In other words, if they're one's rich, one's poor, one's an important personality, one's a lesser personality, as far as the judge is concerned, it's irrelevant. Either they both stand or they both sit. Sometimes we even demand they both dress the same, si- you know, similarly, Similar. so it shouldn't look bad. Right. Um, there are many judges that actually would cover their face. So you're asking for equal players in the room. Right, but if the judge were to know that one was poor, he's not allowed to say, well, you know, the Torah has all these rules about right. how we have to be nice to the poor person. In the courtroom... We're not clouding the decision ahead of time. Law is the law. And again, we try to we try to get people to compromise, but that's not what we're discussing. Law is law. Okay. The judge has to tell us the right law. If the judge then wants to tell the wealthy man, okay... You win. You get his bicycle or whatever it is. But the guy's poor. He can't put food on the table. Maybe you should help him out. The judge can say it. And the person has his choice. He wants to help, doesn't want to help. But with all our rules of how to protect society and work with society, but in the courtroom, we have to make sure that the law is the law. We don't change or bend the law because we think that will uh, be more beneficial. We'll be giving charity. That we're not really allowed to do. That's off limits. Okay. And as my time is flying. Yeah, all right. So we realize everybody plays an equal role in the courtroom. Right. As far as uh, defendant and plaintiff, we'll go that route, hypothetically. 
then uh, the judge looks at each one as if each one came clothed the same, same culture, same background, etc. Okay, he makes the judgment. We move on. Um, and now let's take today's world. Let's, let, let's talk about, and, and you sent me this note, which I just find hysterical. The California police, the cops, as you call yeah, them. Yeah, you would love it. I, I mean, this, this, this is, I got, I got to figure, pulling over a hot air balloon. Was he speeding? <laughs> was he flying? Ashley, did you see this he, story? Was he, no, I didn't. Was he flying the below the 500-foot You know, all placement? I know is there was a, I mean, this is in California, because I don't know how. We want him. <laughs> whatever neighborhood it was in California. Yeah. Um, it seems that there is a hot air balloon floating through a neighborhood. Yep. And the cops, I guess you don't say to a hot air balloon, pull over. Police, pull your balloon right, could you to the side of the curb, please. Right, wait, could you please land? Yes. And I don't even know what kind of ticket you could give. Maybe they were drinking champagne at the time. Maybe it was a drinking ticket. Maybe. Maybe. Is there, Celebration? Is, I mean, drink. on boats, I know there's lots well, of drinking. You can drink in a hot air balloon. You they do drink. the champagne flights. They do the champagne flights all the time out of Howell, Michigan. Oh really? Yes. Oh, we got to check this out. This Not is the great. drinking part. Just no, the hot but air the hot air balloon. This this would be a great thing for your family. This is an idea. Yeah. If we're so, not scared of heights. Now I got six minutes. Oh, we better get my letter of the day. Well, you got six minutes. So real quickly, because people keep asking me about this. What's with the milk and the meat? I said it's M M&M. and M. Oh, it's M M&M. and <laughs> M. So one of the another interesting law is a is one of the kosher laws that. That one of the dietary laws is we do not eat meat cooked in milk. Now, officially, that's that's actually like cow or sheep meat, but uh, the oral law um, even says chicken, not fish. We don't mix meat and milk. Okay. Um, and what's interesting is no one can turn around and tell you that it's a healthy. It's a bad idea to have this combination. It's just a law, and it's one of those laws. That we don't understand the reason. But it's there. But it's there. Okay. And it's, it's as if to say that God says, I'm giving you a lot of laws. Some you think you understand. Some you clearly don't understand. But you're going to do them because I'm telling you this is what needs to be done. Okay. And as my, I, this week we're not going to have time for it. But um, there was that $350,000 hamburger they made a couple of years ago. Yep. So with the stem cells for the cow meat. So there's actually debate amongst the rabbis now. There's other issues involved. But there are debates, is it real meat? Because if it's not real meat, then you could cook it with milk. And what was it then? They, well, since they haven't come out with real <laughs> ones yet, they haven't decided. There's other issues because they soak it in blood to keep right. the, 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 the cells. You're not so happy anymore. <laughs> she, okay, she's uh, fading quickly, let me tell you. You got rid of that. That was good. All right, so let's move on then. Let's move on. We okay. gotta, I got to get to my letter. Are you going to let me get to my letter the and l- my word? Well, let's and a great story. I want the letter first. Got the letter first because we're dealing with seven. 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 So Tony has to get my letter up. Letter, please, on the big board. And while Tony is putting that letter up, there he goes. Hey, here here we are. Hey, hey. This is the seventh letter. Can we zoom in? We get tired of zooming. We can. Well, they're going to see it. They can see it. There you go. It's pretty good. Pretty. It's like a stick with a box on top. You got it. It's a Zion. Zion. It is the seventh letter, which really fits very good what we're talking about. The slave is a slave for six, six years. years. Seven, he goes free. The Sabbath is the seventh six, day. Uh, six days of work. Numerical value is seven. Right. So all in all, this is a very apropos letter for this week. And I had a great word. You know, I wasn't sure. This happens to be a letter 
similar to last week's letter. Like the Yud. Uh, the Yud has a lot. Right. That was the Vav last Vav, week. Right. Not too many words begin with this letter, but I found a great one. I found it. Zohar is a good one. Oh, that's a good one. Well, Not okay. The one I thought. All right. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> a good one. All right. That's why I kind of whispered it yeah. in. I didn't want to no, push Peter, it out. Peter likes Zohar, Zohar. to remember. remember. That's, that's the Holocaust uh, right. emblem they have that. Um, no, I thought of Zman. Oh. And Zman means time. Time. And the reason I thought <laughs> of this. You're limited. And I'm limited to time. But I'm going to try to tell you a quick story in about a minute to give you a concept of time. My son tells me he's here for the weekend. He came up from Florida. Well, I guess he misses snow, so he picked this weekend to come up. So that's the one who couldn't get his kids over the hill. Anyways, oh, okay. um, so he told me the following story. He studies with a doctor in Florida, who I think actually listens to the show. Mm-hmm. And the doctor is telling a story. When he was in YU, he was in college. Yep. His father calls up and says, uh, how are you doing for your finals? Oh, the chem is great, and biology is great, and the Bible is great, and the math is great. And he gets, like, lists off 12. Everything he, is great. He misses one. So the father says, and the Talmud one? And that was okay. <laughs> now, this is in the 60s. And the conversation. Next morning, 8.30 in the morning, the father took a train from Baltimore and shows up on the college campus. Ooh. He says to his son, he says, I could tell from your voice you're not prepared for Talmud. For the Talmud. So I'm here today to spend time with you and study. I'll coach you. So the son says, great. So they're walking across campus, and as they're walking, more and more of this guy's friends say, oh, where are you going? Oh, we're going to study for the final. Can we come? He has a group of seven guys. For the next eight hours, he's prepping these guys, studying with them and prepping them. After eight hours, they're starving. They say, can we uh, get something to eat? He said, yeah, go get something to eat. They come back. He has printed out for them. 50 questions and answers. He says, you guys got to study this. You got to study this. Promise me you'll study this. Go over this. And they all agree. Next morning, they take the final. Two-hour final. 15 minutes later, all seven hand in their papers. And um, uh, the teacher said, yeah, I knew you guys were going to all fail anyways. So I figured 15 minutes would be the max. So actually, (laughs) out of the 50 questions this guy gave him, Yep. 49, he hit the nose on Boom, boom, it. boom. So that story reminds me. And they all did well. And they went on to become successful right. people. Fine. But the point of the story is time. In other words, the one commodity we all own is time. And if we spend our time wisely, that's Zman, that's this week. And especially if we can spend our time wisely with our children, that's what we need to do. And that is the lesson of Zman. And my time is really well. Almost up. Right I mean, ahead. I mean, we, we, I don't even have time to ask what people learned. I, I, well, I know, you know, but I love the klezmer music in the background, which is great. And we've we've covered so many things on oral law, the first oral law, you know, dealing with uh, slavery and how we're going to look at it and everything else. So next week is going to be an exciting week. Next week you're going to love. We're going to have the menorah next week. Oh, it's I love be the menorah. Your week is going to so, be menorah. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. And Peter, again, I thank you for coming. Thank you to our wonderful sponsors and listeners. I couldn't do it without you. Thank you to our production team. We have Ashley and Tony and Drew here this week. I hope I've left you with some food for thought. Until next week, I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on New Radio Media. Until next week, don't forget to think about it.